The poll is up at Zone Madison on Twitter. Uh, the NFL talking about big changes, and this would be as soon as this upcoming season, uh, adding a 17th regular season game, adding a third wild card, which now makes seven uh, playoff teams. Uh, so our, our question is, what would you rather see done this season? A 17th regular season game, a seventh team makes the playoffs in each conference. Would you go with both? Take them, get greedy. More football on each side. Or do you say, look, we already have enough. You know, you already have six teams make the playoffs. You have a month of playoffs. The season starts basically at the end of August, and the Super Bowl's in February. Or do you say, dude, I can't ever get enough football. Of course it's both. So 17th regular season game, 17 make the playoffs, take both. Or do you say, no, we've got enough football already. Those are your choices. Oh. And I'm stunned. I mean, we just put this up a couple of minutes ago, but neither. Yeah, I saw that too. I, neither. I thought that'd be dead last. Same, but now it's leading. Well, real quick. Very early, no, but that's still surprising. I'm just confused. Was anything on the bagel? Or was it just a bagel? <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. Okay, well, there's okay, your protein. There's your protein. You buried the lead, Nelson. I love peanut butter on a bagel. I had a peanut butter. I had peanut butter on wheat bread last night. A little bit of honey. It was I great. had peanut butter on a rice cracker last night. There you go, and was you it just guys. one pancake? Was there syrup on yeah, it? Just I mean, one. Was see syrup. that on Twitch, So was it a big? Was it a big ooh, pancake? Ooh, ooh. A little pancake? <laughs> a normal sized one? Was it a schmuck in a pancake? I'm just curious. I had a big spinach salad, but uh, no. Nice. Ba- oh yeah, red onions, garbanzo beans. You name it, bro. Oh, love garbanzo beans. Yeah, mushrooms. Oh yeah. All right. So um, I'm Let looking ask, at this. Go around the rooms. You started out. Yeah, you I was about to. Both. Neither one that. of them. I like the idea of more football. I watched the AAF. That's true. We all did. And it was terrible. We bet on it, for it God's sakes. The AAF was atrocious, but I was so starved for, quote-unquote, professional football that I watched the AAF. We adopted teams in the XFL. We bet on the XFL. We watched the XFL. We actually have fun watching the XFL. What is the league, though, that owns every other league in America? The NFL. What do we always say? Oh, my God, I can't believe the season's over. Once the Super Bowl's over, aren't we just yeah. like, oh, the doldrums. I, yeah. I can't wait for football. I can't wait for – hell, we, we can't wait for the NFL Combine, which starts next oh, week. Right. I mean, the NFL does it so well because they, they there's really one bad month. It's June, right? It's the only month because you're right. February is the Combine. March is free agency. April and May, because they kind of hold it over, is, is the draft – and then, you know, June is that one month where they don't really have anything. By July, some of the early training camps are open. By August, you're playing preseason games. And by the first week of September, you're playing football. Yeah. So the NFL, you're right. They, they're the only league that owns they own a 11 day. out of 12 months. And they, they own a, a day. day. And, I mean, you could say they own two days, too. And, and they own 11 out of 12 months of the year. So I voted for both options. I I honestly don't care if they're playing more games. I'm not the one playing it. I'm not the one signing on the dotted line to point. put my health at risk. Yeah. I want to watch these guys. What do we call them? Modern-day gladiators. Yeah. I am in the stands at the Coliseum wanting to be entertained. Are you not entertained? I'm entertained by more football. So for if I'm Commodus right now, I'm giving the thumbs up to more football, i.e. a seventh team making the playoffs and 17 regular season games. Okay. It's, it's a, it's we a, even watch preseason football. It's a, it's a very compelling argument you make, Ebo, as to why I should click both here. The mob is fickle, brother, and I'm going thumbs up. Okay. Very compelling argument. Uh, Nelson, same question. 17th game, uh, a seventh playoff team, both or neither? 
Yeah, I'm not really feeling the 17th game, but I could get on board with expanding the playoffs because it doesn't it always feel like you have that one team that probably could have gotten into the playoffs that that's like 10 and 6, 9 and 7 mm-hmm. and they're just out due to tiebreakers. Well, think about the NFC this year. I mean, there were there were double digit win teams that didn't even make the playoffs. It, I mean, the Rams won the Super Bowl uh last year and won 9 games and didn't even make the playoffs. I'm so. open to expanding it. To seven teams in each con- in each division, or sorry, conference. But I, the seventeenth game, I, I don't know. That would be I. I kind of side with Ebo, but and again, six zero eight three two one sixteen. But Nelson, you watch the XFL? Uh, a little bit. You no. watch the AAF? I got into the AAF. You watch a lot more. of? Did you watch like college football, even like Maction? Uh, from time to time. So what's wrong with the seventeenth game? Well, here, more football. Here's where I was gonna say, and I, I'm I'm more on your side, Evo, that I yes, there's ne- more football's never a bad thing. And maybe I'm just thinking this thinking overthinking this. My only thought would be to Nelson's point is you see it sometimes by what is week seventeen sometimes. It's a wasted week, right? Because sure. the teams that are out of it don't care, and the teams like that have clinched home field, like the Baltimore Ravens last year, that was a glorified practice squad game. The 49ers in week seventeen glorified practice squad game. So if you already have lame games in week 17, if you add an 18th week, what do those regular season games look like in week 18? The comeback is, so what? Mm -hmm. It's still football. And there will be, certainly, if you add a 17, that means there's a greater chance that there will be games in week 18 that are playing for that seventh playoff spot. So there is that. I just think of, what what do we do in the fantasy zone? We end it in week 16. Why do we end it in week 16? Because week 17 is a waste of time. If you play in a fantasy football league with your buddies, when is your Super Bowl? Week 16. So what are you going to do? Are you going to end your fantasy football league with two weeks to go? Do you end it with one? Do you now say... Well, we in the fantasy zone and we end our fan the Joe and Evil Fantasy Showdown on week seventeen. Do we say we go all the way to week eighteen? Like it does make for some clerical issues to add another week because we already think of week seventeen as a wasted throwaway week. So are we gonna have two weeks of the regular season that are wasted now? Right, so you could I mean, I don't really care about the fantasy football aspect side of it. I just want to watch more football. Well that's on TV. not true. We have this great product called the Joe Evil Fantasy Show. When it comes Showdown. to the NFL adding that's a terrible games. Take. No, it's not. When it comes to the NFL <laughs> okay. adding games, I could give I could give two craps less about fantasy football and what it means for the players on the field. If you add another game to the season, a seventeenth game, you and a, another playoff spot, there's more drama because more teams will be trying to fight for that. Nelson says, isn't there those teams you think are 10-6 and six to get into the playoffs with 16 games? Yeah, so if you had another game, you have these teams battling it out. There's wasted games in the start of the season, the middle of the season, the end of the season. Remember when the Cleveland Browns went 0-16? The Detroit Lions went 0-16? That whole season was a waste for them. Why would they even have to try? I mean, there's... Well, that would be... I, I agree with you. So again, what's I'm... the matter? Just because at the end of the day, at week 17... There still will be probably a team or teams fighting for that last playoff spot. So there's your drama. Yeah, I mean, look, and you go last year. Uh, let's see, and we teams at the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Colts all played a game on Week 17 in the AFC that was to get into the playoffs. I believe in the NFC, the only one was the Cowboys. It was that Cowboy Eagles. So there was, and that was for the division. So there wasn't a lot of drama this year, but. Uh, I mean, look, there's certainly been plenty of years, and even this year. I mean, look, if you were a uh, Raider, if you were a Steeler, 
or you were a Indianapolis Colt fan, uh, week 17 meant a heck of a lot. And I'm sure the Raiders who, you know, were, were better than most people thought. If you had given the Raiders one more week this year, uh, maybe week 18 gets them into the playoffs. What and do you th- think that about, would have been a seventh team in. What do you think about it changing records? Just because you expand it to another game? I know they went from, was it 14 games to 16 in like the late 70s? All those single season records that could potentially yeah, be changed because you get another game. Well, that's what the whole thing is with the NBA and baseball because both leagues are seriously, I think, now at the point where they realize they play too many games. But baseball's so in love with its records. If you went from 162 back down to like 140 games, can you imagine the baseball purist people about the home run records and strikeout records? I mean, football, you're right, Nelson. Football, I feel like, out of all the pro leagues, is the league that cares the least amount of stats. Don't you guys think? I mean, baseball, I would rank it baseball, basketball, hockey, football. When, I mean, do we do we know like do we care how many passing no. yards Brett when Favre you're watching had in his a career? game when you're watching an NFL game like oh geez I hope they don't win this game or win this game because they're 200 away from the all time you know all time wins records like the, do you ever think about that I never think about I think that. in the last 20 years people start to care more about the stats because fantasy's become so yeah. much more popular well I, I, I but mean, when I, you're watching a game to be entertained do you honestly think about oh the team back in 1970 put up 480 passing yards they might break it. Blah, blah, blah. Not like, not in football. Like baseball, you do. Like baseball is predicated on the stats, right? It's uh, can you get to you know a certain amount of home runs? Can you get 500 home runs in your career? That's a benchmark to be in the Hall of Fame. Can you get 300 wins? That's a benchmark as a pitcher in the Hall of Fame. Can you get you know a thousand strikeouts? Like football, it's not like okay, once Brett Favre threw for his 400th or 350th touchdown now he's a lock to the hall of fame or uh if aaron jones gets you know five thousand rushing yards now he's a lock for the hall of fame the stats don't work the same in football the as stats, they do in baseball that doesn't matter at the end of the day because w- when you it look it matters at, but not as much but it's not like you're gonna forget what happened when they have records it's always like pre nf or nfc afl afc merger you see those don't you yeah so they say pre you know lengthened season I think it's part of it, but I think it's a low part of it. To me, the bigger question is what I said, and where you get to week 17, which is already kind of a throwaway week for in a lot of people's eyes. If you add a second week, now do you have two throwaway weeks, or does week 17 become important now, and it's just week 18 that's the throwaway week? Let's continue the 30 days of free agency. Uh, yesterday we we kicked this off. We're at a countdown to when the Packers can officially sign players, and this includes their own players because technically, you know, names like Brian Bulaga, Blake Martinez, Mason Crosby, they're free agents because they're they're not under contract for the Packers. So it could be give us a prediction of anything. Could be a current player like resigning one of those guys. Could be a free agent out there. Could be a trade. Trades in the NFL are still not the biggest, but they're getting better, right? You do see trades. Uh, could be trading a draft pick. I mean, Gutekunst has shown in two two drafts in a row uh, that he's made a trade in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Traded up to get Darnell Savage. Traded down uh, to get Jair and gave that and got an extra first round pick out of it uh, from the Saints. So I would say the chances are pretty good. That Gutekunst will be willing to make a move at 30, either to trade it up or trade it down. He's done it two years in a row. So you could count that. Give me a bold prediction uh, for what you think so will happen. I, anything, I, anything. I had a name. Give me something good, Evo. Now, we're only supposed to 
us here, me, Joe, Nelly, only supposed to do one a day. One so a day. I did Brian Bulaga, retaining yes. him yesterday. And then I brought up another name, and I, I got kind of scolded for doing two when I should have done one. So yeah, can I'll, you give us a reminder who you got down for both of us? Uh, Mine's Brian Bulaga. Ebo, uh, Brian Bulaga, Nelson was Byron Jones. Yeah, that was my pipe dream. And yours was? Um, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Mine, I'm going to go with here. Jimmy Graham, bye. No, Thanks for your service. The right way. Jimmy Graham. See ya! Thank you. I want, <laughs> could be a pipe dream, but I want, and I do like Jay Sternberger, don't get me wrong, but I want Hunter Henry. I would love Hunter, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, oh, tight man. end. Right in my veins. Multi-threat tight end who can lay it. a nasty block. Something like Jimmy Graham. Graham. Jimmy Graham, I like that. Jimmy Graham couldn't cram. He couldn't block. Uh, and Hunter Henry can catch a mean ball, too. I, I would love, I love, love Hunter Henry. Tight end. I, I love it. Packers. Free agent uh, with the L.A. Chargers. You know, they're kind of in that that no man's land. Are they going to, you know, they got rid of Phillip Rivers, so do they just say blow it up, rebuild, cut salary, get draft picks, and start over? And if you're doing that, then you'd let Hunter Henry go? Or do you say we still think with that defense and our skill players, we still think we can compete if we can go out and get Tom Brady – or we can get one of the top five quarterbacks. We can win right away. But if if, if the Chargers feel like they're in rebuild mode, they're not going to pay Hunter Henry big-time money. And to your point, Evo, the Packers just showed they're willing to spend $10 million on a tight end. They gave Jimmy Graham that, so why wouldn't you give Hunter Henry seven years younger than Jimmy Graham? Yeah, if you're going to give Jimmy Graham $10 million a year, you might as well give it to Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. And in a LaFleur offense, he lo- he loves a good tight end. I agree. That's a great pick. Hunter Henry. I love it. Nelson, give me one. Give me something. Give me, give me out of the go crazy with it. Get I nuts. mentioned him yesterday, but the, I was stuck with Byron Jones. I'm a little bring him home. Joe Schobert. He's been really quietly really good for the Browns. The what for four years? Yeah, get, get him out of Cleveland. There's get him, a, get get him, him out, out of Cleveland. Bring him back to Wisconsin. And I mean, the guy has played really well in cover. What do we What do we complain about with Blake Martinez? Slow. He's too slow, right? He runs a faster 40 than Blake Martinez. He's quicker. What else do we complain about with Blake Martinez? He can't cover anyone. Joe Schobert was one of the better cover linebackers Nelson, at his position. We got to get him out of Cleveland. That Greg Robinson guy, the offensive lineman from Cleveland who got caught with 157 pounds of marijuana yesterday, that's enough to ease the pain of playing for the Browns. 157 pounds of marijuana can ease the pain of being in Cleveland, being in Ohio. We need to get Joe Schobert out. On, on top of that, though, he doesn't have any of these top accolades like Blake Martinez, NFL leading tackler. Like, he doesn't have any big-time stats like that. He was just a super solid player that I feel like if you're outside of Cleveland, no one's really talked about at all, but he's had pretty good four years in the NFL. Give me Joe Schobert. Is he that much better than Blake Martinez, though? I mean, I, well, and I think I agree with what you said, but do you think that the fans will perceive, didn't we just trade, you know, one you know, okay middle linebacker who maybe is a, a stat war guy for another one? I mean, is that, are you really getting that much I think better you with really Joe do Schobert get, over Blake Martinez? I think you really do get a better coverage linebacker, and I think you get you upgrade in speed. Plus, I don't think you're going to have to pay Joe Schobert as much as you would Blake Martinez because he doesn't have the accolades of all the tackles. And uh, Well, didn't Schobert lead the NFL? Didn't he lead the – wasn't it him and Martinez like two or three years ago? I he think did, but led the NFL in tackles. Yeah, I think before. he was right up there too. But that's the thing; no one else knows who he is outside of Cleveland or Wisconsin. That, People that do true. know who Blake Martinez is, and it, 
we looked at his market value. Blake Martinez market value is insane for what he really did. He couldn't cover anyone. He's not fast. We we watched tapes of what was that the San Francisco game in the playoffs where they showed Dean Lowry just getting absolutely dominated and then Blake Martinez just not being fast enough to make the tackle though he's right there to make it. Yeah. Like that's something you can't fix. All right. I mean, look, I would love it. I mean, it's it's the great rub, right, of of Packer fans that uh, from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson, we'll see about Goody, but that there's been almost like a internal, we're not going to draft Badgers because of, you know, the the in-state connection or that we're doing a solid or that there's pressure on it. So I'm all for Badgers playing on the Packers. And you know people from Wisconsin would love getting a Wisconsin Badger home. Look how mad they get when we didn't draft or when the Packers didn't draft TJ Watt. Look whoa, how excited. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, what? Whoa. What? Look how excited Next they were. You're going to tell me that so there's a Packer wide receiver, Nelson, that went to a state school. They didn't know way they passed on TJ Watt. It happened one time. Under who, who did it, though? I believe it was Theodore Clarence Thompson. What? Ted Thompson. Next thing you're going to tell me, Nelson, is that in 25 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, the Packers have only won two Super Bowls. That would be absolutely nutty. You'd Wacky. Be, you'd be lying to say, though, <laughs> when they passed on T.J. Watt, that you weren't excited that they got Vince Beagle later. I was stoked. Yeah, I was excited. I was like, dude, we got a shutdown quarterback in the Beags. Forget about T.J. Watt. Yeah, how'd that work out? All right, you. Uh, we are doing the 30 days of Packer free agency. Uh, we've had some good predictions. And again, if you want to get one in, uh, it could be just, you know, something as a formality of re-signing Brian Balaga, or it could be roll the dice on something. Uh, we're going to write all these down. We'll see if we get how many we get right between now and March 18th in the official start of free agency, 608-321-1670. I, you know, I, I took a bit of a flyer yesterday with Robbie Anderson, um, I mean, our, our our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, said it. There, there's going to be big changes at the wide receiver position, whether it's free agency or the draft or both. So yesterday I threw out a wild prediction for a free agent. But how about I go a wild prediction on the other side? What has Brian Gutekunst done the last two years on the NFL draft or prior to the NFL draft with his, with a first-round pick? What has he done with it? Either, traded. He's traded it. He's traded either him. traded it or squandered it. No, no. Nelson, what are you talking wait. about now? What do you what do you think he's talking about? Uh, oh, Rashawn. Um, so two years in a row, he's either traded down or traded up, or sometimes he's traded down and up in the same draft. He's made a lot of moves, so chances are pretty good that there will be action with the thirtieth pick, right? Yep. So last year it was kind of uh, you know it was trading down and then it was trading back up to get Darnell Savage. Well, how about we go way up this year? And shock the world, and I'm going to make, here's the bold prediction, whether it's this year's first and next year's, or maybe you can get a first and a couple of seconds. Packers go up to wherever he's still on the board, which I would say between somewhere like 10 and 15. The first wide receiver who is the best. Packers trade up for Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, and select him, and instantly becomes a day one, week one starter. And you have Jerry, Judy, and Devontae Adams. Packers trade this year's first and next year's first, and they move up and get Jerry, Judy. What do you think of that bold pick, Nelson? That's rolling the dice, baby. If he could be anywhere near as good as Julio Jones, former Alabama receiver, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers would have loved to have had a talent like that. First name, Matty? Middle name, Bama. 
<laughs> that's my bold pick. Pick probably no chance. But yeah, I mean, look, we gotta we gotta throw some stuff out there, Ebo, and, and see what mm-hmm. sticks, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to. We're putting it in a hat, Miller. It's like a time capsule, actually. At the end, after the draft, we'll we'll pull it out and see what happens. And you know what's really really fun about this is All that of it. some of this might actually happen. If Ted Thompson was still the GM, none of this would happen. We would tear up your capsule in the future once the draft and uh, season starts. Yeah. If we won't even need Ted, to look into it. If this was Ted, we won't even have to talk about this. Free agency? Oh, Ted Thompson? Well, that's just rude. It would just be crickets. In a perfect world, you'd, you'd, you'd be able to draft and develop and keep your own players. <laughs> Thank you, He Ted. just answered it right there for us. Thank you, Ted. Draft and develop. We'd still be trying to figure out if Ladarius Gunter could cover wide receivers. <laughs> a heck of a football man. <sighs> Thank you, Yeah, Teddy. Martellus Bennett, when he did dip, Martellus Bennett, not so much. Love you, Theodore. Don't let him get you down. Your place in the yeah, Gilsonian is secured for all time. 2015 draft class was sick, dude. Your 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 place in the Gilsonian will always be secured, Teddy. We head out to uh, Arizona, site of Brewers Spring Training. It's our guy Tony Cartagena getting up early with us. West Coast time, morning, Tone. What's going on, fellas? Uh, hey, Tony, I mean, I know the weather last week was almost, we were, we were even, right? It was only about a five, 10 degree difference, uh, between Arizona and Wisconsin. I'm happy to report for your sakes, Tony. That's not the case today. Uh, topping out at minus 25 later this morning here in really? uh, Madison. With wind chills. Yeah. With wind chills, <laughs> minus 25 by noon. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to extend this stay out of spring training. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. How's it been out there? All the sights and sounds. Uh, I saw you posted some videos. Was uh, Low Kane talking up Yelly when he was taking batting practice? Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of interesting stuff going on out here. It's, most of it's just you know, like your standard first few days of practice. Guys are just getting back into a routine, getting back into the swing of things. But yeah, I got to. I watched. It was Low Kane, Yelly, Braun, and uh, Avisail Garcia take batting practice together. Those are going to be your four main outfielders this season. Uh, that group was just a ton of fun, and of course Eddie Cedar was the one throwing VP too, and he has more fun than anyone on the job. So it was just a ton. It was just interesting to see those guys kind of just interact back and forth. It's like watching you and Joe doing commercial breaks, and you can say all the things that you can't say uh, when the <laughs> yeah, microphone is on. Yeah. But, uh, what are you talking about, but, Tony? Uh, I I'll, I'll try not to find it. But yeah, those guys just kind of kept it real. They came and making jokes about to Yelich about. Uh, needing to drink more whole milk so he can have stronger bones so his knee doesn't uh, get all messed up again this season. So it's, it's just those are those small things you take away from practices uh, as the team kind of just gets to know each other once again. They've you know, been on the road doing different things all off season. So, um, I mean, there's a million different stories like that, and they're all just fun to kind of take in as you get a feel for what the roster is going to look like and how the team and the clubhouse is going to feel this season. Uh, visiting with our guy Tony Cartagena out at uh, Brewers Spring Training. So uh, one piece of news from yesterday became official uh, with Brock Holt. W- what's the, the, the short-term and long-term uh, plan, Tony? Do you see, I mean, is he going to be a true uh, utility guy, jack-of-all-traits, or do you think he will eventually settle in on a, an everyday position? Well, he has four gloves, I learned yesterday. So he, he's always ready to play pretty much any position except pitcher and catcher. Uh, but he did make the joke about now being in the National League. Maybe he'll get a chance to uh, to throw an inning if necessary. But uh, I, I do think he – because David Stearns and Craig Council both talked yesterday about just his versatility, how he can play all – basically the main three infield positions, but can also play some first base despite being a little bit smaller. 
uh, if need if needed, and then he can also sub in the outfield, which is interesting because this team has a ton of depth, in my opinion, in the outfield right now. And when you look at the roster, like is Ben Gamble even going to be on the team because of the team's outfield depth? So that um, Holt's ability to play multiple positions might hurt that as well. But he's gonna he's gonna be a jack of all trades. Basically, just think of Hernan Perez um, with post more postseason experience. Uh, that's kind of the vibe you get in terms of being a locker room guy and in terms of just being able to play third base one day, short the next, and second base in between if need be. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, I was reading out that this morning that he's, he's never played pitcher or catcher, but doesn't want to catch, wants to pitch a little bit. Tony, what do you think, you know, I know you're a couple days here in spring training, but what do you think the Brewers' best strength is and their best and their worst weakness, I should say? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think their biggest strength, is just going to be the star power that they have, right? Like people, people estimate because I think because he was hurt last year or at the end of last year, they, this team still has Christian Yelich. So I think people need to realize that they still have one of the top players in the league on their roster, and that can solve a lot of problems. Um, but this team also has a young stud like Keston Hero who hasn't played a full MLB season yet. And it was interesting yesterday, actually, when he got hurt in September. Craig Council admitted that they maybe even rushed him back a little bit because they needed him. Um, and things like that are going to affect you at the plate. They're going to affect you in the field. So he's obviously really young, super talented, and, and going to have a full season under his belt. But then if you look at some of the pitching, I mean, I know people were frustrated they didn't bring in some of the big-name free agents, but Brandon Woodruff still got it. He's uh, David Stones, or no, Mark Antonaggio the other day said, you know, he's an emerging star in this league. And then you have other guys like Adrian Hauser who have really good stuff. So, you know, I do think this team has more going for them than the outsiders really want to want to admit or focus on. But at the same time, I just think it's too early if we're going to talk weaknesses to know. Um, I do think consistency in sports, just like if you're playing any sport, you want daily reps, you want daily at-bats, you want to see you know, be on the field every single day. And I don't think their infielders are going to have that this year. They're going to be more platoon-based. We just talked about Brock Holt playing kind of the utility guy, being versatile, and those guys going back and forth, back and forth. So I do think that in terms of developing rhythms, that may be kind of just a harder thing for them to accomplish this season. But that's on that's on council to figure that out, and he knows these guys better than anyone. So definitely too early to tell. But if I was going to pinpoint one area where I just think, oh, let's let's see how this one shakes out this season. It would just be those consistent day-in and day-out players in the infield. Uh, visit with our uh, Brewer and Setter, Tony Cartagena, out at uh, spring training. Uh, before I let you go, Tony, I mean, look, it's spring training. It's kind of like, you know, when you talk about the Packers' first preseason game and you see a guy starting or a guy not, and you, you make assumptions. But I saw that Josh Lindblom going to start the uh, Cactus League opener. I mean, I, it's still Woodruff is the opening day guy, but is this showing? Uh, is this more of they just want to see what Lim Bloom can do, or do they feel like he's going to be one of the main contributors and like let's get him out there early and and show the world what Josh Lindblom's going to be this season? Well, I don't think they would have brought him here had they not expected him to to be a rotational guy this season. But I think there's something to be said for getting him early reps with the catchers. Um, I was watching a watching a throwing session yesterday. I mean, he was actually throwing live BP. He started off live batting practice yesterday. And while he's throwing pitches and obviously, you know, trying to open it up a little bit, he was talking to a few of the catchers they had rotated in, and he was giving them signs saying, hey, if I stare at you for more than a second, I need the, I need the location again. 
or let's change up the location and just getting on the same page with, with guys like that. So it's actually really interesting to see their interactions. And I would think that that has more to do with anything than saying, oh, him is going to be our number one or whatever. Um, I think that, you know, just those reps, that familiarity with his teammates and getting them back used to pitching here, I guess, is, you know, he wasn't yeah. pitching in Major League Baseball the last few seasons. So I think when you look at all those factors, and it makes a ton of sense. And, um, and he's supposedly pretty darn good. So I'm actually excited to see him get on the mound and, um, and pitch against some, some United States talent, some major league talent, because it's been a while. But he seems to, be, you know, he, he checks all the boxes. So, Tony, I mean, think of this dramatic stuff for Lynn Bloom. You go from the Korean League, think of that diet you have over there, then to, I know he's in Arizona, but to Wisconsin. Think of the change in diet. Ooh. Not only you got to get him used to pitching back in the States, but now you got to get him used to his diet back in Wisconsin well, for brats yeah. and beer. It's from Kim Chi to Secret Stadium Sauce. You guys. <laughs> Have you seen these paychecks? Those guys can eat whatever it is that they want. <laughs> they can get anything flowing in if they want. Dude, yeah. Tony, I can, I can bathe in kimchi, so he's lucky. Play a uh, that's, a vis- that's a visual listeners did not need at 8, 10 in the morning. It's a lot of fermented much. cabbage. Well, speaking of visuals, Tony, there's something around these parts called a brawner. I told you, you know, if you can secure me that Ryan Braun interview, Tony, you, you become zone employee of the decade. Your, I'm working on it. You get man. your you get your picture it. hung up in the lobby. You get a banquet. You get a jacket. You know, zone employee yeah. of the decade. All you got to do is secure a Ryan Braun interview for the Joe Nebo show. You're you're going Look, in the Hall of Fame. The clubhouse opens in a couple minutes. Keep your phone lines open. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Boom! Thanks, Goes Tony. the dynamite. See you, buddy. Thanks, fellas. There he is, Tony uh, Cartagena, live at Hurricane. Uh, the idea of a 17th regular season game and a seventh playoff team in the NFC and AFC, one of your favorites, because it looks like it's all but a formality now that there will be an extra playoff team and an extra week of the NFL regular season. Your takeaway on both of those. Yeah, I mean, it took a lot of work, obviously, to, to get to this point, especially with the 17-game schedule, guys. That, that That's the trickiest part for these guys to put their bodies through the additional wear and tear, and, and we'll see how the exact specifics you know, play out. They they wanted to obviously get it done before the new league year started, um, so they can they can move forward with it. Um, Joe, it's a, it's a huge huge advantage when you look at the playoffs now. <clears throat> excuse me for the for the one seed where you know in the past those, those top two seeds got the buys. Now you know you get that extra week of playoff games, but it's only the one that'll that'll wind up having having the initial bye week, and and that's huge. I I think I think the last Seven Super Bowl champs have had a bye right on on the opening weekend, and you know I, I did the math on this when Green Bay was was in the midst of getting a bye this year. Guys, is the two seed? It's it's ninety some percent of the Super Bowl champs uh, since since we've gone to this uh, playoff format, which I think was about thirty years ago, uh, where we had the expansion from five to six. Uh, you know, it was roughly ninety percent of the Super Bowl champs had a bye on that opening weekend. So now you cut that bye in half. It's uh you know it it it's kind of a slap in the face or it's tougher for that two seed now to overcome it'll what you'll see too Joe uh, down the stretch is all these teams you know a lot of these teams that maybe arrested some guys that are still going to be in the hunt for the one seed are going to be fighting like crazy up till up till the final week of the season to to make that happen the the seventeen game schedule itself guys I mean it's <clears throat> excuse me it, it's going to be really interesting how coaches play this with with rest and how they you know how they monitor some playing time for certain guys uh, through the course of the year because 
this is this is going to be an additional grind uh, through the year, um, and and how exactly you know they play it out. And I'm, I'm sure we'll see expanded rosters and and more guys uh, available uh, every single Sunday, and and that'll help on some levels. But um, but that additional game, guys, is going to take some wear and tear on on some of these guys, and, and then you wonder just what you're left standing with when the postseason arrives. And, you know, to that point, Robbie, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with that because, you know, you you get to week 17 and it's kind of a throwaway game already, right? Because you have, you know, if it's wrapped up and, you know, I know we don't always think about it through this lens, but, you know, from fantasy football or gambling, a lot of people think week 17 is a dud. So then if this happens, does that make week 18 the dud? Does it make 17 and 18 or what you said earlier? If there's only one team getting a bye, do those teams that maybe in years past would say, I'm fine with just taking a first-round bye, do teams throw everything in the kitchen sink at it the last two weeks to try and get that number one seed? And you would have seen maybe last year Lamar Jackson playing in Week 17 and Tom Brady's in years past playing because they got to protect that home field advantage. Yeah, and not just that, Joe, and your point is, is extremely valid there, and it's, it's a good one, but, but then you look at the back end of that as well, and now we've got 14 teams into the postseason instead of 12, um, so you, you, you open up a, a, a can there that, that allows probably another three, four, five teams in the final week of the season to still be um, available to be, you know, to, to still be in the hunt for a, for a postseason. When, when you're talking 14 out of 32 guys, I mean, that's 44% of the league, so, you know, you're getting closer and closer to half the league where 12 out of 32 was 37.5%. Um, so, you know, they're jumping it up 6% here of, of the teams they're allowing in, which obviously means, you know, we're going to see a lot more teams fighting for the postseason uh, at, at, at the end of the year. So you may not have as many dud games, Joe. You know, you, you won't have uh, nearly as many 3-12 and 12 versus 3-12 and 12, uh, type of situations anymore, and, and nobody's you know, nobody has anything to play for. Even even those seven and eights and eight and sevens, or I guess at that point in time, guys, it would be eight and eights and, and nine and sevens going into their final regular season game are going to still be on the bubble and on the fence with with a chance to get into the playoffs. So it it, it may actually, it, it'll be really interesting, won't it, Joe? I mean, it may be, but it may work the opposite way that, you know, out of 16 games in the final week of the season, maybe 12 of them have postseason implications or something like that, where in the past, maybe only half of them did. So so that will be pretty interesting as well, and it, and it might be tougher then for some of these teams to rest their guys. Well, you think about this, visiting with our Packer Insider, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. You know, we're, we're spoiled in the Favre-Rogers era because we just assume it's playoffs, but I was sharing the story, and you can appreciate it, Robbie, as the old guy in the room like me. I mean, 1989... For that team to go 10-6, and six, Magic and the Miracles, and to only have one wild card, I mean, it still haunts me thinking about that, that they didn't get in, despite winning two Super Bowls since then. I mean, that, that would be the argument for adding teams, right? I mean, that, that Packer team that year, to have that special of a season and to sit at home was just wrong. And, I, you know, I don't know if it'll ever be comparable. But, yeah, if you, if, you know, you have teams, you know, uh, Eleven and five New England a couple years ago gets left out. You know there was a ten two ten win teams this year that get left out. I mean, is that the comeback to that argument? Yeah, Joe, it's that, and obviously it all comes back to the almighty dollar, right? right? It comes down to mm-hmm. money. They they want these weeks. We, yeah, I guess in this case it'll be week eighteen, the final week of the year. Um, you know the the seventeenth regular season game. They want that to matter for television ratings, right? They 
they don't want to see Jets Dolphins and you know and, and getting you know dramatically horrendous ratings or something like that. They want games that are going to matter, and then on top of it, you open up those extra playoff games, which are going to be huge revenue producers too for the league, right? It, all of this always comes back to money at the end of the day, Joey. And, you know, now if, now if you've got three-quarters of your games on the final regular season weekend that have some relevance and you get an extra round of playoffs in, inside of each conference or the extra game, um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big, big financial windfall, obviously, for the league. And, um, you know, that, that, that's going to obviously play a huge role in paying these guys for that extra week. So I think at the end of the day, Everybody's going to be kind of happy here. The fans get more football, right? The, the league gets more games that matter, and the players are going to wind up getting more money out of it. So um, if everything works out in, in this model for everybody, guys, it's kind of a win-win-win. Robbie, uh, speaking of money and whatnot, you know, the Combine's coming up. You're going to be there, right, next Thursday? Or when, when are you heading out for the Combine? Well, I'll go Monday, and then I'll Monday, come back Thursday. I'm going to stay four days. I want, gotcha. to, I want to see Packer people and Badger people when, when I'm down there and and that, that seems to be kind of the, the – the Packer guys will talk on Tuesday. That'll be Gutekunst and Lafleur, and, and some Badger guys are spread out through the week, guys. But, but the heavy hitters are kind of Tuesday, Wednesday with, with Cephas and Taylor and, and, and people like that. I think Zach Vaughn might be Thursday. I'd have to look again. But I think the offensive guys go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then yeah. it flips over to the defense on Thursday. So we were looking at, like, free agency and whatnot, and Packers, are they going to re-sign some guys? We're throwing out some names. We're, we're each doing one a day of someone we'd like, you know. And I, I threw out, like, Brian Bulaga. Someone threw out some Mason Crosby. I threw out the name of Hunter Henry, tight end from the Chargers coming. Do you think the Packers dip into free agency? They keep some of their own? What do you think happens? No, I, I think you're going to have to dip into free agency at, at least a little bit, Evo. You know, where exactly they go remains kind of a mystery. I, I think without question, they need a playmaker on offense, whether that's a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, they'll draft at least, a, you know, a couple of guys in inside those positional groups, Evo. But to, to count on a rookie wide receiver to come in and, and have 55 catches and six touchdowns or something like that is completely unrealistic, even if you take him at number 30. It just the, the long-term history, the track record of, of first-year wide receivers is, is just not very good, and Rodgers needs help. My best guess, Evo, is, is they'll dip in, in, in into the wide receiver group um, before tight end when it comes to free agency and, and give Rodgers – some immediate help there, and, and they'll try to get by with the, with the Sternbergers of the world, and whether that's Mercedes Lewis or maybe they maybe they find a you know a thirty year old, a Greg Olson kind of a player later on here in free agency or something like that to, to add to the tight end group. That wouldn't shock me at all. But but my guess is is they'll they'll add a veteran wide receiver to the group guys in in free agency, and then really the fascinating thing is you know what they're going to do inside that front seven. I, I think they're fine in the back with what they're going to be able to bring back in, in the, into the secondary. But clearly that run defense needs a ton of help, and, and I'm not sure you, you find immediate answers again inside the draft. And, and, and if Blake Martinez goes, guys, and, and I, I do think it's probably 70-30 he does leave, you know, they're, they're going to have to probably find themselves two inside linebackers. And, you know, whether, whether they go for a, for a home run, like, you know, I, I don't know. Hey, Robbie, Nelson wants you. Speaking of Badgers, here you go. You get a two for yeah. one in the combine. Nelly's bold prediction is Joe Schobert. He wants Joe Schobert. I, I think Schobert's a realistic possibility. You know, maybe Littleton from the Rams. But, but guys, these guys are going to get bongo money now, too. 
Um, but, but at the same point in time, and I don't think Packer Nation fully understands and realizes this, so is Blake Martinez. Yeah. Now, Blake Martinez has been undersold in Green Bay for, for a long, long time, but, but I, you know, I, I'm predicting Blake Martinez gets at least a four-year, $40 million deal. Mm. I, was, I, I was arguing with somebody else on the beat last week who thought Martinez would get about seven. I, I think he's going to get 10-plus guys. He's, he's a tackling machine. There's a lot of teams out there, guys, just swimming in salary cap space that, that absolutely have to spend the money. The Raiders would be a great fit, I think, for him going back to the West Coast, even though it's Vegas now and, you know, instead of, of Northern California. But, you know, somewhere back on the West, I mean, the Raiders have like 70 or $80 million in cap room. I mean, there are teams like that, guys. I mean, Green Bay is going to be in the 30 range. Um, and, and it'll be interesting what Kudakuns does, guys. Is he, is he going to completely blow his money uh, or spend his money on, on one, like you said, one major guy like a Schobert or, you know, Kyle Van Noy from New England, Littleton with the Rams. These are linebackers that could help him. Um, if, does he go and try to fix his run defense with, I don't think he'd ever, you know, spend the money on a Jadavian Clowney, you know, or Chris Jones, somebody like that from Kansas City. But but there'll be there'll be guys that are going to command, you know, ten plus million. You know, does Gutekunst do that, or does he try to find, you know, three role players to help fix that defense? It's it's going to be fascinating. But to, to answer your initial question to Gidebo, yes, I think Gutekunst will be aggressive in free agency and then try to supplement it in the draft. So he the opposite of Ted Thompson. Rogers. Yeah, he's the anti-Ted. I mean, he love knows it. he's only got Rogers. Probably All I had to say, Robbie, anti-Ted, uh, love it. Years, so. Don't encourage him, Rob. Hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with this, Robbie. As a great uh, child of the 90s like I was, Kurt Cobain would have been 53 years old today. Oh, that is that is just hard to hear. That is that is very depressing. 27 he was, right? Just you, too young. All, that's the, 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 the death age of Rockstar, 27. The, mag- the magical age of, hey. you know, the, the horrendous age for so many of these. We'll all send nasty so tweets to Courtney Love together, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that, that's sad, Joe. You just you, you deflated my day. Well, I mean, I'm just now. saying, we, we, you, love, you and I share a love of Pearl Jam. There wouldn't be Pearl Jam without Nirvana. So we can thank, you know, we, let's celebrate grunge and alternative today, brother. All right, I will. I will make it a day where it's all Pearl Jam and all Nirvana. But at the same point in time, just just think what Nirvana could have given oh, us over man. the last two decades. Unbelievable, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. See you, Robbie. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Bye. There he is, the great Rob Reichel. Follow him at Rob underscore Reichel on Twitter or find his work at Forbes.com. According to the computer models, Keston Hira will be the biggest surprise in a positive way for the Brewers. This is what, uh, here's the write-up, and then I want to get your guys' comment on, uh, over-unders on it. Uh, on it. Uh, and we do, uh, yeah, we got to do some betting. Hell yeah. Uh, Hira, a ninth overall pick, was the Brewers' top prospect before finally cracking the majors last season. In 84 games in 2019, he put up big numbers, 303 batting average, 570 slugging percentage with 19 home runs and 9 snow basement. Understandably, the computer models expect Hira to come down a bit from those heights, while still being a frontline performers. Those are elite numbers for a young 23-year-old middle infielder. Hmm. Do you guys, uh, so, you know, if you extrapolate, if he had played, and remember, I remember, we still have a promo running from last summer trying to understand the Travis Shaw being called back up over Keston Hira, who was red hot, and Travis Shaw couldn't hit the, you know, side of a wall with a ball and a bat, and what David Stearns was thinking so, Nelson, do you believe that if Keston Hira had played in 150 games or 144 games instead of 84 games, would it still have extrapolated out to a 300-plus batting average? And if he had played another 60 games last year, would he have hit 
30, 35 home runs, in your opinion? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, look at what he did. When he first got called up when Travis Shaw had an injury, he started hitting the ball like crazy. And then all of a sudden, they said, oh, you did well for two weeks, but Travis Shaw is ready to come back. And, and, we were and all, he wasn't. He obviously wasn't because he actually lowered his like batting average from like 180 to 160. Yeah. And then you recall Keston Hira. You got to think the guy's been now traveling. He went up to Milwaukee, now back down to AAA San Antonio. It, it threw him out of his out of his like comfort zone, out of his uh you well, know steady rhythm. And just think if you're crushing it in the majors, and then they they send you back down for a guy who lowered his batting average in tr- AAA. And if you remember when Travis he came up <laughs> the second time, he struggled that little bit. He was striking out a ton. He still struck out more than he did in the minor leagues. But after that first week or two where he struggled a little bit, he came back and he played really good baseball the rest of the season. Keston here is going to be one of the key components on this team, especially offensively, and him and Christian Yelich should be batting 3-4 back-to-back. So let me ask you this then, 608-321-1670, Brewer friends. Do you think, Nelson, are, are they undervaluing Keston here on this? I mean, they're using this. Read me uh, the numbers. I'll go over under CBS is saying it's a, that this is a positive. Are we saying that they could even be better? Here are the numbers. Let's start at the beginning. 289 batting average. I'll go higher. Uh, on base percentage, 342. Hmm. I mean, I'll go. Four out of I'll ten go a bats. little over. A little over. Man, that's okay. I mean, what is he batting? What's he batting? Second? I think he's going to be batting around two ninety five. Well, what's he, is he batting second? I think Kane? he should be batting fourth. Who's bat? Is Kane batting leadoff? I mean, more will be. We need to know our starting lineup. Yelich has got to. I mean, it's got to go. Well, I suppose you could put Braun wherever Yelich is. Keston here needs to be behind him. Yeah, if he's batting two, that. here needs to be three. Okay. If he's batting three, here needs to be four. Because that makes a huge difference on the next couple of questions. That's why, why I was asking. Because it makes 505 slugging percentage. That makes a huge difference of where he is in the lineup. I think that'll be over as well. Yeah, if he's hitting three, four, five, if he's hitting in the heart of the lineup, I would take the over. 27 home runs. Over. Hell, I'll hammer that over. Thir- and finally, well, two more. 35 doubles. I mean, that's, that's I have no idea. Toss up. Yeah. 13 stolen bases. I think he'll be right in there. Okay, so you you would say out of the six categories, what's his RBIs? What do they project? Yeah, for they RBIs? don't they don't give me the RBIs, which is weird. What do you have RBIs last year? Forty nine RBIs last year. I'll put him around eighty five. Well, if he's gonna if you're putting over twenty seven home runs, I was gonna say he's got to be close to hundred RBIs at that. I think he'll be close to thirty and eighty five. So did you look at a stats from last year? Three hundred fourteen at bats. He had ninety five hits, nineteen home runs, batting average of three oh three, fifty one runs, forty nine RBIs, nine stolen bases. I just think it's weird that, A, they took him. We'll never know. Maybe someday when David Stearns retires, he'll write a book. Uh, Maybe Travis Shaw had inside intel on something. I'll never understand that. But do we almost look at it like we love Kessinger because we still haven't seen the full effect? Like, I'm with you, Nelson. I think he would have projected those numbers out. But we don't know that for sure because he didn't. He only played barely half a season. What's the big negatives with Kessinger in his first half a season in the big leagues? Strikes out a little bit too much, and what? He struggles at defense? Yeah. yeah. A kid that was an outfielder in college that was moved to second base because he had elbow issues, and that's the only reason why he was there in the draft at nine for the Brewers when he was coming out of college. He was a top three pick if he didn't have a bad elbow. Teams were teams were scared to draft him because they thought, oh my goodness, this kid might only be able to play DH. That's half the teams in the big leagues right there that don't want to tra- or draft him. Dude, he's a beast. I, I- 
little room for improvement on his defense, sure. But of you'll take that you'll take that all day but for the bat that he brings. That's what happens when you play half a season in college at second base and then you come in playing professional baseball at a position you've hardly ever played. Mm-hmm. I, He's I only going to get Kessinger. better in the field at second base. So once Yelly leaves, if he does leave, which I think he will, is Milwaukee, is the state of Wisconsin ready for the face of the Milwaukee Brewers to be Keston Hira, Kest Daddy? That's exactly I'm all in that's for what it. it's, I mean, That's, that's exactly who's going to be the face of Milwaukee if they don't re-sign Christian Yelich. So I, they better get ready for it. Did you see it. his picture from yesterday? Because the Brewers did like these these funny like um, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite's glamour shoots. <laughs> Keston Hira was in his oh, jean jacket with some glasses, the laser shooting behind him. It's beautiful. I put it on my Twitter account at Ebo Says if you want to check that's, it out. That's why once Ryan Braun is done this season, they need to Ink Yelly and watch a nice little one-two punch of Keston Hira and Christian Yelich the next 10 years. Um, do you think, he, will he be, I mean, Yelich still, I mean, what what will you will you go, Yelich one, Hira two, as far as best offensive players this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Christian Yelich is your best player. There's no doubt about well, that. Well, I'm just saying, is it, is it a, I mean... No chance that, you know, a, a guy like Kane or Braun or Smoke or anyone. I mean, is, is Hira going when it's all sudden and going to be clearly the Brewers' second-best offensive weapon at the end of the season? I wouldn't say there's no chance that a guy like Justin Smoke or Ryan Braun can have, like, a turn-back-the-clocks, like, huge season, though I it's not as likely as Keston Hira has a huge breakout season. So I would say yes. Keston Hira will, should and probably will be their second-best offensive player this year. Uh, now that saying saying that, I do believe Lorenzo Kane will have a bounce back year because he wasn't healthy. Yeah, last Kane year. was injured last year. I and just don't think he he just can't be the kind of power bat that Keston Hira can. Well, and then what about this guy that everybody loves? This uh, Abusal Garcia. Everyone's like going crazy about this guy in spring training. See, that's where your boy Braun better hope that Justin Smoke <laughs> kind of struggles because if uh, Garcia comes in, you know he was. He was pegged as as a baby Miggy coming up in the minor leagues with Detroit because him and uh, some say Cabrera. He's the, some say he's the Venezuelan Ryan Braun. Brawny just better be lucky one of them struggles, or Brawny's going to be sitting and seeing or a lot of Or is Ryan Braun the American Avisil Garcia? <laughs> <laughs> how, I don't know how that all works. How does that idea. work out? I I'm mean, not sure. Avisil. Um, well, okay. Who, what do you think is more likely, Nelson? I mean, I know Council said it. We had it on Monday's show that – Braun's going to start the year in right field. What's more likely? Joe, I think Braun. he finishes the year at first base. That's what I was just – you knew, see, now Evo and I start finishing – now it's getting scary that you can finish. My, that's what I was just going to ask you. What's more likely, he finishes the year as the starting right fielder or a first baseman? Or neither? First future, base. Future Twitter poll. First base, 100%. I mean, Justin Smoke has had some decent seasons in the past, but they're in the past. The Brewers are kind of rolling the dice, hoping he can have one of those years, like three or four years ago, where he hits, you know, 260, 30 home runs, 80 RBIs, but – that's at this point you're just rolling the dice and if Braun can stay healthy and hit the ball decently well like he did last year, I think Garcia straight up is a better player than uh Smoke is, especially at this point in their careers. But uh we'll see because the Brewers have a lot of versatility and a lot of different players. By the way, on this uh this sports line, the um that you guys want to know who the pick was for the New York Mets? Who? Former Tim Tebow. Madison Tim Tebow. Mallard. Pete Alonzo. Was this all positive or could this be? Uh, no, all positive. Okay. So, like, okay, Garrett Cole. What do you guys think the models say Garrett Cole is going to do for the Yankees? Beast. Uh, A lot of wins, but stats get worse. 201 innings pitch, 3.39 earned run average, 243 strikeouts. 
Do they is give that worth two hundred? Is that for three hundred twenty-four million? Well, it's the Yankees. What do they care what they spend? How about this? What would is this worth the money? Bryce Harper, two fifty-four batting average, thirty-three <laughs> home runs, ninety-seven RBI. I don't think that's worth thirty no. million a year, is it? The greatest thing to ever. Bryce Harper. That's is, a decent season. I mean, but yes. you're paying thirty million dollars a year for that. There's something about Bryce Harper though that rubs me the wrong way. Same. I, I will always laugh at the fact that he went to the Phillies and the Nationals then won the World Series. Bryce, Bryce Harper hasn't that's been the right. funniest thing ever to me. Bryce Harper hasn't been right at the plate since I believe it was May of 2016. It was right after he could have been an MVP. Man, that was a while where ago. He had no. some big time stats, and it was that very next year. When they were playing the Cubs and Joe Madden got in his head so bad, I believe in a three or four game series, they like intentionally walked him like 12 times. <laughs> and then every, and he, all he wanted to do was swing away and hit the baseball. And, and ever since then, he has not hit worth a damn. By the way, did you guys see, speaking of uh, the Cubs, did you see the news out of uh, Chicago spring training today? See who they've named their leadoff hitter? Please, t- who? Who? Very bizarre. Chris Bryant's going to bat leadoff for the Cubs this year. I think maybe that's just uh, they're, you know, dancing with the stars. It's all about popularity. Who can vote for you? <laughs> maybe David Ross determined, well, let's uh, list our batting order by most popular player who most of our bandwagon fans can name. Yeah. Well, I was gonna Chris say, Bryant won. Anthony, I think his I name think, is Anthony. I think there's a guy named Anthony on the Cubs. Rizzo. This He's, happened to Nelly. We'll, we'll have him, too. We'll put him in it, too. A diehard Cubs fan could only name Chris Bryant, and then she thought that there was a person named Anthony on the team. I think number three we're going to slot in Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring back uh, Carlos Zambrano to pitch Did, too. Who, who's the big, uh, the, the big? Uh, Do they still have Jake Arrieta? Didn't they have? Schwarber he should be our opening batting. day starter. Isn't Schwarber like you know six seven two hundred fifty? Didn't Schwarber bat leadoff for a bit last year? Cubs fans. Yeah, and he also plays in the outfield though he came up as a catcher. Right. So they're batting Chris. What are they? I mean, oh, Nelly, I have an idea. Today. I guess they want to figure they can get up one nothing every Miller. game because he's going to hit a home run leading off. That's very weird. I'm gonna. We're gonna do something today. We're gonna talk to that diehard Cubs fans again today. Yeah. And we're gonna ask her if she's ready for Steve Bartman to bat cleanup. I guarantee she falls for the base. All right. You want to do it up? now? Can you put a record? opening day yeah, pitcher? Record it. Record it. Opening day pitcher Jake Arrieta. Record yeah. it, please. And Steve Bartman cleanup. Closer. Carlos Zambrano. Um, see if you can ask <laughs> her. Dempster no. still around? Ask her Dumpster. if Charlie Johnson plays center field. Oh, down the middle Johnson? Yeah. Say, hey, man, did you see the Cubs just got down the middle Johnson? He's center field. He runs down every pitch. That's why I call him down the middle. She's going to bite like, on okay, all Okay, yeah. I want to get all that on tape. Die hard Cubs fan. Yes. 